Slim thug and zero, yeah, I'm still bullshit. Need to sit down, take a chew or two of my money till we get it. Till we get it. Wow, wow, let it cool us, twist us, ain't talking. Money speak, all that bullshit, keep it. Run the side, run the side. Nice. I got went to a Catholic wedding. Those people drink like fucking dogs. It's like they got two tongues. They're going to stay their heads down to a bowl. It's fantastic. They had an open bar. I didn't know it was an open bar. I was like, hi, how much is like, you know, I'll take whatever the fucking beer there is. And they were just like, oh, that's part of the bar. And I was like, well, I'm going to have 12 beers. <laughs> you just, you're just going to keep handing them to me. I was like, you guys are going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> it's going to be, you guys don't know what you guys, you can just give me beers. You're just going to keep. I like it when breweries used to do that for comedians. I think I'm definitely one of the type of comedians to ruin that deal at breweries where they're like, yeah, we had, you know what I mean? There used to be a thing where breweries would just be like, oh, here's a cup. You can have unlimited because you're on the show. And a few years ago, they're like, yeah, we had to stop doing that. It's 100% <laughs> fucking dudes like me. They were like, yeah, I'll be here till we close. Yeah, they, they soon figured out most uh, comedians are alcoholics. Oh, yeah. Do you see I'm TikTok famous? Yeah, I saw that. Um, not as famous as I was when I was Twitter famous. That was crazier, but still, yeah, almost a million views on a video. Hey, it's crossover success. That's crossover. Oh, geez, I think I gotta give me a TV show. I gotta talk to Oprah. This is like your rhinestone cowboy single. If we were to compare you to Glenn Campbell, I don't know who Glenn Campbell is, but I want to be just like that guy if he's TikTok famous. Okay. There's people that make money just being videos on TikTok. I should be that. I want to be a Zoomer, a hot young Zoomer. I'm doing little dances. Being I'm doing a little dances. Oh, dude, I've, I've done the cult route. I'm going a different direction. I rebranded as Christian. That's what got me big, baby. Jesus came in. It's a blessing for being faithful. Yeah, so, so talk was you uh, trying to hook up with a, like a Bible study group? Yeah, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't use the phrase hook up with a Bible <laughs> study group. Yeah. Did I, tell you, did I ever tell you about going to the Bible study group? No. Because you know I fuck with Jesus on 10, right? For Jesus, I'm like... Jesus, that shit's tight. Let's go. You know what I mean? That's I rebranded them. Christian, Christian comedian J.D. Kelly. Yeah. So I'm liking this church. There's like a gay guy that sings and worships, so I know they're not weird. You know what I mean? Like it's like okay, that's like chill. I'm going, and so I sign up for a what I thought was like I, I like signed up for something that was like fine financial peace was the first thing I signed up for, and I was like, dude, this probably give you money advice. And then when I signed up for it, they're like, awesome. Pay sixty dollars for this Dave Ramsey DVD, and I was like, I don't want to do that. Never mind. And so, like, the lady that was like doing it texted me, was like, Hey, so here's the Dave Ramsey information. And I was like, Oh, respectfully, I'm good. Thank you so much. So, I was trying to do like a Bible study or something, and so she she redirects, she reframes, and she's like, oh, Okay, we have a, a class on faithfulness you can come to. And I was like, oh, Okay, I'm a hundred percent. I think it's going to be like a Bible study thing. I asked my buddy from work, who like invited me to the church in the first place, my boy Ethan. Yeah, I was like, "Do you want to come to the Bible study?" He's like, "Yeah, dude, let's do it." So we go to the Wednesday night Bible study, and we are about to fucking jam. Right, we're gonna pop open our Bibles, talk about the good guys, the bad guys, and guys just like me. All right, <laughs> I was so hyped. Um, it was not that, dude. Because like, have you been to a Bible study, Robert? Not. I think the last time I was at like a Bible study was probably freshman year of high school. So that wow. that was like almost. No, that was uh, 11 years ago. Does your wife read the Torah? Yeah, uh, she reads it, and she's she's a little out of practice, though. But you you should go to a Torah study or a Bible study. It's great. All right, it's just it's it's like little stories. Sometimes there's like dinosaurs that are mentioned. It's a good time, man. Ten out of ten. <laughs> but 
usually it's like you sit in a circle and then you read like you know the book of Galatians or something and you say like hey what does this mean you guys talk or something whatever yeah 100% I was expecting it was not that dude it's like in a classroom setting where like this 80 year old dude gets up there and first thing he does is give his credentials and he's like I led a charismatic church in Texas for like 15 25 years also I'm a NASA engineer and we're like okay right on man um and he's like, we're going to teach you guys. And he's talking about him and his wife. We're going to teach you guys how to be truly faithful. And he's like, who here knows about the prophet of Elijah? And then he pulls out this curriculum and hands it to us all. Like, It's like very like, I don't want to say childish because it's not like. Was it like a homework packet? It looked, it looked homeworky. It looked like something that you would get in like a homeschool class about the Bible. It was very like. Had some like problem examples and shows like an outline, but there were missing words, and we were supposed to fill it out as it goes. And it was like, oh. it, it was just very like, I don't know, to have notes like that where it's like pre taken notes, and you fill in these words, it's kind of condescending, but that's fine. I'm maybe I just have an issue or whatever that's on me. So, so what did he try to sell you? <laughs> I wish it was just an Amway meeting. <laughs> We're saying, all right, so if I if you buy these alarms for me, you get people buying the alarms from you down there. <laughs> Big picture stuff. But he's like, we like we sit down, we're chatting, we're doing our thing, man. And he's like, he 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 is about it, and that's tight. I'm like, okay, you are super about it. You're super, you know, down to clown when it comes to being one faithful dude. That seems like your identity, right? Um, but he start it gets like weird. Like, one thing, right out the gates, he starts talking about how, like, God has given himself certain rules. And those rules are like, God can do anything, but only if man prays for it first. And so it's like, it kind of makes us like, dang, so are we in control? You know what I mean? Like, wow. And that was my first, like, it was kind of weird. Um, but it, it, he, the first analogy he makes, and also he when he's talking about, like, life, right? And right. it says, like, instead of saying, like, since the day you were born, God loves you, he keeps saying, since the moment of conception, which is, like, I see what ideal, like, I see why you're using that. Because he said birth a couple times and then corrected himself to talk about how God loved us since our conception. Damn. Which is, like, yeah, ever since I was a cum shot, I get it, buddy. You're, you're really trying <laughs> to make what you think a zygote is really clear to you. Yeah. <laughs> God has loved you since you were in your father's ball sack. Um, this dude was about that. Like, just clearly painting a very conservative picture. But, like, most people in there are young. I wasn't sure if people were going to be rocking with that or not. I don't know. We're not, you know, it's not like we're asking questions. He's, he's in charge. He's leading this. He's doing his thing. He goes on to talk about the power of prayer, which is like, okay, dude, prayer. I'm with it, man. You get it, meditating prayer, anything you find there, good for you, buddy. I love it. I love that for you. Love that for me. Let's do it. He um, <laughs> he kind of like breaks out into this thing about Russia, like this weird tangent about Russia. And he's like, you know how big of a country Russia is? Do you have any idea how big of a country Russia is? Russia massive. It's one of the biggest countries. There is millions of people there. Ukraine? Ukraine's a very small country. Ukraine's a very small country. Russia, if it wanted to, could completely wipe out Ukraine. You know why it hasn't been able to? Me and some of my friends over there have been praying for specific legions of angels to stand in the way and prevent Russia's army from toppling Ukraine. And like me and my bro Ethan both look at each other like, oh, this is good, dude. Like, whoa, like we're trying not to laugh, but it's like this dude's a hundred percent serious about it. This dude believes this from the bottom. Like the way that you and I know the sky is blue, this fool is about the fact that he has called upon legions of angels to prevent Russia from toppling Ukraine. 
And he goes, he goes on to say, and you know why? Ukraine's a Christian country. Ukraine's a very Christian country. How do I know? I, I work with ministries over there. And those ministries and I, we've been praying. We've been intercessing to prevent. Like, and he's like, and I'm, I'm talking, he goes, I'm talking about specific instances, right? Like, that's real soon in the class. We're all like, dang, dude. I really want to know, did, did anyone ask him? It's like, so how long have you been working with those Ukrainian pastors? It, here's the thing. It's like most, just just the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I just started. I finally came in to save the day. He, this was not a back and forth. This was a, a classroom setting. We're all sitting down. It was a lecture. He's pacing, dude. He's on fire. He's oh, on fire. He's moving a thousand dude, miles. Dude, this is his TEDx. Oh, this is his TEDx. Yeah, this is this is this is the the TEDx Christian charismatic 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 Christian. Either way, dude. Whatever he calls himself, I'm I'm kind of on his team just because I love his energy. All right, I I gotta be honest, dude. I would have been swept up in the Jonestown stuff. Like I seen a video of that dude just shouting from the pulpit. I was like, ah, oh, dude, I could get caught up in that quick. I just love good energy. You know what I mean? If your if your vibes are intense or heavy, you'll probably do what you say. But yeah. he goes on, he's screaming about Russia, and he's smiling. This dude, he's like ear to ear, like as if we're eating this up. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Then he says. We were able to topple Iraq in three days. <laughs> the like, because I don't know if you guys remember this. In 2003, when we invaded Iraq, talking about we in the United States, he goes, when we invaded Iraq, it took us three days to topple that. You think that's not spiritual warfare? I don't know what to tell you. That's spiritual warfare. He goes, I've seen videos of soldiers being baptized, baptized before they're sent off, the day before they're sent off to war. That's spiritual warfare. And I'm like, whoa, what? And he goes... And that's because the righteousness of this country, America is obviously his favor with the Lord. I swear to God, he said this. He goes, now clearly America is favored with the Lord because our founding documents are based on the Bible. And like, they're not. They're 100% not. But like me and my friend like look at each other and we're like, oh, dang, this is like even spicier. But this dude feels on top of the world. This dude is like, he honestly, honestly, you catch me with a few too many cold ones in me, and I'd probably jump on this dude's train just because his energy was so heavy. This dude was an absolute locomotive of good energy. Yeah. Super about what he was saying, too. <laughs> but it was like, it was shocking. He, would, he, he went on to, you know, just make declarations about prayer and about, like, living in America and about how, like, prayer is going to be, like, the all-fixing, the all all-solving answer. So he goes, he finishes up his thing. He, he does the whole shebang, and then he goes, any questions? And it's like, yeah, definitely we got some questions, my man. Definitely we got some questions here. What's funny is he, he, and at one point, he starts talking about how God would never want someone to get divorced. Okay. And I'm like, okay, this is the same God that killed a million Iraqi civilians. It through his holy world of the holy army of the American Marines. And it's like, what a delusion this guy holds where he's like talking about there's never gonna be a point where someone wants where God's saying you should divorce your spouse. And and he goes, I wanted that was the real question I had. I was like, hang on. So God says, divorce, no way. Babies dying from drone strikes, eh, there's a time and a place for everything. Like it's like, dude, you have the wildest, wildest lines on stuff like that. Couldn't couldn't believe it. But we get to like the question part. He yields the floor for questions. And I think everyone's going to just fucking explode. I'm like looking around. I'm like, these guys are all going to be like, hey, dude, 
you seem like a fucking racist, my G. Like, you seem like you are, are an American exceptionalist that's painting, you know, the god that you worship from the Middle East, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the carpenter the, from the Middle East, the Arab carpenter from the Middle East that you worship, you are saying that he has ordained, like, imperialism. That, 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 that's, like, serving onto God. It's like, damn, dude, like, that's Christopher Columbus, that shit. That was wild. Wow, wow, wow. But no, no one gave a shit. Everyone was like, damn, that was good. Everyone loved it. I was shocked by how everyone loved it. And just me and my bro just kind of looking at each other like, dang, so we don't eat this up. But this guy raises his hand and goes, I got a question. He goes, God's chosen people are the Jews. And the Holocaust happened. Two truths, right? And he goes... (laughs) I'm sorry. Was this guy just like, I'm gonna about to play two truths and a lie? <laughs> I have a gun in my car. <laughs> Psych, it's in my pocket, motherfuckers. Um, but it was like, okay, okay. Like, I see you're, you make a good point there. And he goes, and they were probably paying, praying for like the Holocaust not to happen. And it's like, I would assume so. I would assume they were praying for that not to happen. Yeah. Right out the gate. This guy started talking in circles about Jews' relationships with prayer and like would stop himself. He would be like, Well, so when the when Jesus talks about prayer, his his first his first and like kind of just abandons that. But I really wanted to be like, hey dude, let's pause on that. Do you think God answers the Jewish people's prayers? Like that's the, that's the <laughs> number one thing I wanted to dive into on him right there. Like it felt like what he was saying was like, ah, but it was Jews praying. Yeah. God's chosen people, but you know, remember when they killed him? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. It seems like Where's he like, really wanted to just clap back, like, guess they're not the chosen people, huh? Yeah, really, like, that's what you get for killing my God. I don't know. I feel like if you know anything about Christianity, it's like an extension of Judaism, right? So, like, because, because yeah. it, like, one thing with the, like, the three, you, I would say, like, the three main religions from that part of the world, like, Islam, Judaism, and Abrahamic religions. Yeah, like the Old Testament, like all three of them, for the most part, like agree. It's like no, like this is stuff that did happen. They all they're they're monotheistic. Abraham is in there, um, in their or, not origin story, in their <laughs> what's it called? Like their history, whatever their mythos. The old, you know what I mean? Well, it's yeah, and it's like the Old Testament. But yeah, like, yeah. You see a lot of the you see a lot of the same stuff in like the Torah. I would even go on out on, on, on a limb and say, yeah, uh, Mormons. That's a Abrahamic religion. They they bang with the Old Testament too, in the same way that the Muslims do. Yeah, I mean, just their main thing. I think where the branch starts to split with them though is that they're like, oh yeah, and like, you know, we just had it all wrong geographically. It was actually in the Americas. Well, I'm pretty sure Jesus in. in, in I'm not Mormon. My fiance <laughs> would not let us be. That was my initial thought. I said, let's be Muslim or Mormon, one of the spicier. She was not into it. I said, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Um, but uh, the thing, they think that Jesus, after he died on the cross and came back from the dead, that he then came over to America. So he did the Palestine stuff, and then he came over and said, round two, we can have Bernie's too. I'm Jesus, and we're doing a second one. That's, that's what he thought. Anyways. We could be Mormon if you wanted. I'm still interested in that, Robert. If you want to convert this podcast to an LDS podcast, we can make it happen. I'm not opposed. We'll only do it when we finally get some live dates in Utah. Oh, dude, if we go to, we'll, we'll try to get those. 
those kids on BYU campus that are on TikTok that are like, hey, do you think uh, like like the the people go up and ask them like, hey, so do you think that that black people should be allowed to uh, have homes and jobs? And they go, ah, I don't know. I haven't really done enough research on that yet. I don't really know. I'd have, I'd have to check the honor code. My instinct says yes. I want to say yes, but I, I would need to do research on that. Have you seen those videos, the black menaces? I haven't seen those. They're before. great. There's like three black kids at BYU just that just go up to white Mormons and ask them questions, and white Mormons are way too polite to give honest answers because they're mostly reactionary conservatives, but yeah. a lot of them won't really give them their opinion. So they'll be like, hey, what do you think about gay marriage? And so the Mormon BYU kid will be like, ah, I mean, I, I think, first off, any type of government should be a state issue, right? And it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Just say you don't believe, like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think we just became Mormon, Robert. Let's, let's no. be the Mormons that are like, okay, no, okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. We're not, we're not no, 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 okay. Yeah, let, no, we, 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 need, we need some negotiations there. I'm very willing just to join anything I find interesting. I tried to become a black Israelite. You see that that's where we that's where we differ though JT cuz like I'm interested in like different theologies and like you know I've done some deep dives on like especially like the branch davidians I could be like, that but I'm not like oh yeah now I want to go join them I could I'm, be seventh day adventist I could do that absolutely yeah I could be a son, honestly, I could be a son of thunder a son of thunder like Zebedee and James the sons of thunder that's me Okay, so he was trying to say yeah. he, he wouldn't say Jews don't go to heaven, but like you could tell that's where his heart was at. Like he wanted, it's yeah. like I wanted to be like, dude, after all the shit you said, just say Jews don't go to heaven, man. Come on, come on, man, just do it. Um, but he wouldn't say it, and that was fine. But he said, this is what he said. He goes, does he said first? He started really tactfully, where he said something like, "Hey, man, I don't really have an answer for everything, but I also know that we didn't have the internet then." And if we would have had the internet, American Christians would have known what was going on over there. We could have stood up sooner. We could have interceded in prayer. We could have prevented that from happening. And I was like, dude, that is like a standing ovation amount of hot take right there. That is fucking incredible, dude. Like, I heard that and I was like, okay, dude, you should be a lawyer or a telemarketer. You're a genius with words. You silver tongued your way into my heart right there. That was beautiful, my dude. He goes, oh, how did, why did God let the Holocaust happen? Why did God let the Holocaust happen? Because American Christians weren't there to pray because they didn't see on Facebook memes that they were needing prayer. They didn't have a click share button on that post that said one share equals one prayer. That's why. One share equals one Why are you whispering prayer. that? Because I feel like the Spirit told me to say that. It wasn't me. That wasn't JT, dude. I, I turned off and the Spirit came through and said one, sh one share is one prayer. <laughs> That's, that this fool has that type of ideology where it's like he was literally saying if I hey oh that might not have happened if me and my friends could have seen that on Facebook we would have nipped that right in the bud and that's like the spiciest take of the night that was like the most that was incredible man I, I, that, that to me was like my jaw was dropping I was looking at my boy Ethan he was just laughing like no respect for this man just straight laughing but yeah I feel like there was even spicier stuff that he said that I forgot but that was Bible study number one. Is there a sequel? Or? Yeah, I went to another one.
When was that? Was that last Wednesday? It was a couple weeks after. So I tried to find like a normal Bible study, and I couldn't find one. There was no no normal Bible study. It's a but lot harder they, than people set it out to be. They did have is like a small group, and I was like, "Oh, I'll go to the small group. It's got to be pretty much the same thing." I said, "What are we talking about?" He was like, "This is the guy that my contact I found online." He said. This one actually doesn't have a topic. We're just finishing up. We're going to talk about the sermon from this week and just hang out. I said, sounds good to me, man. You got my vote. So I show up, and it's like all dudes in the late 30s. And I was like, okay, early 30s. I'm, oh, I'm 29. Oh, I turned 29 a couple days ago. I'm, I'm almost 30. And so uh, they're all single, and they're all talking about how they're single. And they spend the entire time showing each other photos of other 30-year-old chicks on Instagram talking about if they're bad or good chicks. Oh, you think this chick's good? Oh, she's good. You think she's bad? Oh, she's bad. And that's it. That was the whole Bible study. And I was like, I don't know if anyone's reading the Bible anymore. I was like, which is fine. I'm not going to make anyone read the Bible, man. But I was just surprised. That, that was the vibe. That was the whole thing. And then they started talking about how mad they get when girls wear sports bras into uh, <laughs> gyms. And I said, yeah, we should make them bitches wear burkas, huh? Nobody laughed. <laughs> and nobody laughed. And then this guy was like, this girl comes in with uh, talking about going to the gym. This girl comes in with a sports bra, and she's doing something on some on some butterflies, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm looking at her. I'm just trying not to look. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to get my attention? And I said, yeah, man, she definitely wore that sports bra for you. And he goes, excuse me? And I said, oh, I was saying she definitely wore that sports bra so you would see her in it. And he was like, huh, and took that as like a genuine thing and not me roasting him. And I was like, damn, you guys are like dumb as bricks. Like, you guys, you guys came here to the bar and we're like, hey, what should we talk about? And it's like, well, we should talk about disobedient women and how they should obey us more. It was so great. I, I don't know. Maybe I should get into like metal detecting. Didn't you already try metal detecting? I did try to get into metal detecting before the Bible, yeah. It, was, it wasn't interesting. Well, it's actually really fun. It's just time-consuming. Yeah. So so that last one you went to with all the 30-year-old single guys? Mm -hmm. They're all in sales. They all love Bitcoin. One of them showed me an NFT he bought, and I was like, wow, the only thing lamer than telling women or to not wear to the gym is showing me NFTs you bought. I'm just trying to think of that conservative like uh, podcast guy. But he, oh, they all talked about how tight Ben Shapiro is, dude, how smart he is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. It sounds. I really wish I'm trying to look up his name because it's like when he's not talking about like conservative talking points, he's just complaining about how like there's no woman fit to be his wife and that it's not his problem. It's their problem. Nice. But that's a cool take. I mean, I'll be honest. It just sounds like you're in a room full of that guy, and God damn it, I can't remember. I his feel name. like I had like because I'm not I'm the farthest thing from a conservative. Literally, I'm as far as you can be from a conservative. But I have conservative friends. Jimmy Tibbs is a good friend of mine, right? Yeah. We've been, oh, Jimmy Tibbs. Oh my God. Okay, so did I show you the bio that Jimmy Tibbs wrote for me, Robert? Yeah, yeah. It's evil, right? It's funny. Um, I lost a friend from it. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but I, here, I'll, I'll let you go into that because I, I, I saw your Instagram story about that and it's pretty wild. I couldn't believe it. Okay, so I, I you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm headlining the Valve in July. Very excited. Very, very excited to headline the Valve, right? Mm -hmm. um, I ask my friend, Jimmy Tibbs, 
local comedian, international bad boy. We've had him on the show. We've had him on the show. One of my favorite episodes, Jimmy Chibs is a trip. Not only is he a successful businessman, but he is a character within himself, a walking goofball. I call him the Black Lex Luthor. He, he loves to be the heel. He's, he's so funny, so inappropriate. Um, he bought me my iPhone. He bought me this iPhone. Yeah. Because he said, if you do a show with people with all high voices and then uh, invite blind people, he wanted me to do Avery Moore, Nikita Redcar, Nora Franklin, Andrew Horniman, just everyone with a high voice. Uh, and he goes, and call it, they're all the same damn people. And I said, okay, I'll do that. Fucking, I'll do that for you to buy me a phone. And I did it. His weird little evil plot that he wanted me to do, I told him he had to headline. He went up and did 10 minutes, made me laugh. Um, but he, I asked him, I said, Jimmy, will you write me a bio? And I'm going to read it to you. It comes on his, so he owns vending machines. It's one of his many careers. Yeah. And it comes on a, a letterhead that just has two vending machines on the top of the letterhead. Incredible. Um, like how if I got two swans, and not two swans, two sparrows tattooed on my chest, that's how the vending machines are at the top of this letterhead. I'm going to read it to you. It says, J.D. Kelly is a seasoned comic from Southern California. His first French kiss was at age nine with a black girl. And then in parentheses it said, a bad habit he picked up from his uncle, George Lucas. Born during the Clinton administration, he's an ardent advocate of social justice. Not only should the police be defunded, JT wants them spayed and neutered. This guy is so far to the left politically that he belongs in a zoo. In the next paragraph, he's not a slave to fashion, which explains why he, looked like, why he looks like he got dressed inside of a fucking Salvation Army drop box. His Q rating is the highest among Hispanic women. They all say he's very good looking, especially in the dark. This dude is street educated because he flunked out of English class in middle school after insisting that the past tense for the word virgin was the word pregnant. When he's not traveling the country doing stand-up, he spends quality time with his fiance and advocational interest. He Googles his old concubines on BigBlackBooty.com just to admire their irregular shapes. You haven't lived life until you fucked a few women who are walking advertisements for Spanx. He gets a rise out of making crank calls and plays them on his popular podcast show, The Fart Locker. So. It's a pretty thought-provoking bio. Not provoking. I would never send that anywhere, right? Yeah. Because it is wildly offensive. It's like Borat wrote my letter. It's insane. (laughs) That this bit is to be wildly offensive, is to be an out there guy. A friend I've had for over 10 years, she has a baby, a they-them baby that they raise. And I respect her. I go, raise your baby. You do your thing. Don't gender your baby. I've never said a word against it. (laughs) DMs me and says, this isn't hilarious. It's fucking offensive. And I said, yeah, I honestly want to make most of those jokes. My friend Jimmy Tibbs wrote it. It's kind of just a shock jock thing. And And she goes, I don't care who wrote it. This is disgusting and racist. And I was like, yeah, I do want to be clear here. Jimmy Tibbs is like an older black guy. He's like an older black guy that's trying to be ironic. I, I understand why you would be upset by something like this, but I mean, really, he's, he's just goofing. And, uh, and she was like, you should know better. You should know and be smart enough to know that that's racist. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's a little racist, but I mean, it's, it's it's not me saying that this other guy said it. And she goes, you're trying to get cool points for having a black friend. 
And I was like, whoa, if I wanted cool points, I would not pick Jimmy to be the cool black friend. Like, <laughs> it's a 45-year-old conservative dude. Like, trust me, yeah. he's not cool. It's not a cool thing. And then she goes on, I swear to God, she goes, it's your responsibility as a cis white male to check your friends when they're saying racist things and to not share that racism. And I said, just so I understand, you're telling me that part of my job is to tell black comedians what they should and shouldn't say. And then she blocked me on Instagram. <laughs> no, her 10 years. I was so surprised. I was like, wow, what, a, what an extreme reaction. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get it being offended that it's... It's offensive. I don't like it either. I wouldn't share yeah. that. I mean, not to like, I share it on Instagram, not to like a club. I wouldn't try to, you know. Yeah, like it, yeah, it's offensive and like it's it's natural for her or anyone to kind of have like a reaction that's just like, hey, this is appalling or this is disgusting. And I said, I said, I understand. I totally get it. And And she said, you know, black people aren't immune to being racist black people can be racist too and i was like oh i agree jimmy's super racist i was like you want to talk about how racist jimmy is i'm with you dude he's like the most racist dude i know for real definitely my most racist friend she doesn't like, like you just gotta read this and you know it <laughs> read what he says and listen to him talk he's also well, no, you... i mean even for her to be like you know it's like even you just sharing it is like disappointing or whatever i i guess it's just like she tried to drill it into you that it's like no you need to be like policing your friends yeah, I don't want that to be my job. Let, let that be the police's job. If you want people to be policed, go let the police, police, police. Yeah. I'll I'll just kick it. Me, personally, as for me and my house, we stay chilling. So, did you send that to Velveeta? No, I sent the one you wrote, thank God. <laughs> Which one, the, the new one or the old one? The new one. Okay. I okay. tried to write, write one in the meantime... And I tried to be funny on it. I just don't know how to write a bio. The only bio I ever wrote was for festivals. I love to say it. It's like JT is open for and name four comedians and then say, and Chris Castles. I think that's so funny. I love yeah. when it's like JT's open for these four mid, mid, mid-level comedians. It's this <laughs> and Chris Castles. I don't know why, but the sneeze made it. The sneeze? Yeah, sneeze was the best part. I tried to do it again. That one was a fake sneeze. You could probably tell. No, I mean, and you know, in my line of work, I've seen plenty of like artist bios, and I've definitely seen some pretty bad ones and some good ones. And you know, truth be told, it's like just keep it as like succinct as possible, and just it's a bio. Just get the info. Be you know, be funny in your set. On my bio, bio, did you say? Hang on, let me pull it up. I'm pretty sure you said that I was booked on South by Southwest. Well, yeah, you've done shows during South by Southwest. He has performed at numerous festivals. Okay, dude, you're right. We did not lie. You're 100 percent right. I, no. I did. The, hey, I actually performed at Mohawk during South by Southwest, so I'm, I'm up there. Yeah, Beerland, uh, Mohawk, uh, Velveeta. Yeah, Velveeta. I think you also said that I've headlined clubs across the country. Well, yeah, you did that headlining tour in the Midwest with, and like you, you went with your band. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's awesome. Headlined clubs across Texas and the Midwest. You know what? I have headlined. I got to get to my family walk. I think we. I think we have a fucking gold episode here. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll say it, Bobby. I think this is this one is a ten out of ten. 
Well, hey, wait. Before we go, do you want to you want to tip the bit on? Are are you going back to any more Bible studies or what? What's the journey for JT to find friends? Honestly, I will. I will. Well, I'm I'm going to move to Oklahoma. So I got to find friends in Oklahoma. Maybe Ooh, check this out. Glasses. That was a fresh one straight <laughs> from my butt. Could you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I did that. It was a little quack. <laughs> I put the mic up to my butt. All right. Def- All right. Last That's crazy. Thing, though, I'm an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing, though. Oh, what? We are, well, we already tipped the bit that you're headlining the Velveeta. You want- Velveeta Room in Austin, Texas, baby. Uh, how many shows? What, what, what nights? One chair, one Every time you like this post, I get an extra minute on my headlining set at the Velveeta Room in Austin, Texas. So July 22nd and 23rd? July 22nd and 23rd. All right. They call that the golden hours. I'll be married by then. Will your wife be there? Oh, my wife's going to be there. Not probably not at all. Three shows. She's more of a more of a hangout at home type of wife. What what if you what if you got her to like open? She would love. I guarantee she has a tight ten. Yeah. Stanfield asked me the other day. He said, "Oh, that's your fiance." I said, "Yeah, that's my fiance out there." And he said, "She doesn't come to uh, a lot of comedy stuff, no." And I was like, "No." And she goes, "He goes, does she not like it?" Or I was like, "No, she just has like a full ass life that she enjoys. <laughs> She's not like, oh, I should go see some local comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go She's see the local comics." She might like it. No, she likes. She she dates me. She likes me. <laughs> she gonna take my last name. She thinks I'm a pretty funny guy. <laughs>